0: here david end of the season nl central champs the brewers have achieved what they came out to achieve i i think it was like kind of what we expected in terms of a end of the season result but far from what we expected in how we got there is that fair to say
1: yeah i would say so the result was good but uh yeah we just looking back at our season preview episode we had we were talking about guys that i kind of forgot about honestly at this point mike brasso peter scherzlecky so for where the brewers got this seems like they always pulled this off and they pulled it off 92 wins NL Central Division Champions and going for their first ever World Series championship this October.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 92 wins. I mean, we're we're pretty spoiled we're we're used to that, but let's see. I'm trying to think when they how long of a of a gap was it that they won 90 plus games because they probably did it. Did they do it in the late 80s? They they probably eclipsed the the 90 win mark maybe in that was that 89 in 70
1: in 78 they won 92 and 79 I think they won 95 but they missed the playoffs both the year, years because you had to win your division to make the playoffs um and eighty eighty 80 I think they had 80 something wins and 82 they had 95 wins so I guess that would be three out of five years and the Brewers did it in 18, they did it in they won 89 in 2019, they won ninety-five in twenty twenty-one. We all know that if Justin Smoke and Jed Jerko were given a full year, they would have probably maybe a hundred wins on that 2020 team. Uh if Omar Narvaez could have kept up that 170 batting average for a full <laughs> season, I mean who knows the sky's the limit for the Brewers. So really we're robbed of of seeing that, that how that played out. But yeah, it is it is impressive for the Brewers to have as many 90-win seasons as they have over the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look back at the top 10 teams in Brewers franchise histories, they're, they're probably all, uh, probably all of the last five of those playoff appearances really probably are in there. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, you, it's not every, every season you win 90 plus games. It's, it's hard for any team to do and for the Brewers to do it again this year um, and doing it in 2021, uh, 2019, actually 2019, they, they won 89, but 96 wins in, in 2018. Um, and then, yeah, it looks like 2011, of course they had the 96 win 2008. They, they cracked 90 exactly even, but, uh, from 2008 all the way. Yeah. Like you said, all the way back to, Oh, 90, 92, they won 92,
1: 92.
0: 92, They won 92. So that was the gap. That's what I was curious. So 1992, uh, to 2008, I guess was that. Long gap, But anyways, nonetheless, we've gotten very used to 90 plus win seasons, um, but the Brewers doing it again with 92 and excited today to go over a look back uh, upon our season preview. David, we were listening to that episode. It feels like so long ago. Like you said, pre- Peter Strzlecki, Gus of Ireland. Um, yeah, many names that feel so far long ago. Matt Bush, even that 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 seems really weird. Matt Bush uh, played on the 2023 Brewers, So we thought in honor of that, our random player of the day would, would go to the most random of the random players that the Brewers have seen. It's been what, like 60 players or something that have uh, stepped on the field or stepped on the roster for the Brewers this year. So who, who, who is your most random of the 2023 Brewers today?
1: It is Thomas Pinone, who you better not get him wrong on the Sporkle quiz for, uh, for our name, all the Brewers actually, that's kind of a good idea to do. Two of us do it on a live episode. Not live. I mean live like we do it while we're on an episode. Uh, maybe if we maybe if we get through everything quick today, we'll see. But Thomas Pannon, he pitched one game June 30th. We uh, I was at the game. We were in Pittsburgh. Uh, he pitched in relief of man, I should know this. I forget who started, but that was the Matt Bush, Carlos Santana game that we've seen replayed on Bally Sports Wisconsin like 24 times since he was traded to the brewers panone actually pitched okay he went like two and two thirds two earned runs kept the brewers with the lead which is no small thing for being called up from AAA. first major league appearance in a few years he had previously spent time with the blue jays but after that one game he went and signed with the kia tigers in the kbo in korea he had played there in 2022 so he he re-signed i guess with the kia tigers and he pitched 69 innings for the rest of the year with a 4.43 ERA. To be honest, I actually don't know if the KBO season is still going. Uh, they, I think they paused it so that their best players could go play in the Asian games, which is going on right now. Um, but I, yeah, I, I guess I don't know. Thomas Pannone's not pitching in that. He attended the College of Southern Nevada in college. He was a two-way player, actually, when he went into college. And that is the same college as Bryce Harper attended. But Pannone was a couple years behind. So Thomas Panone, random lefty, you better not get him wrong on your Sporkle quiz now because we went over the most random Brewer of 2023.
0: Yeah, I, I'm curious who, who are the runner-ups to that because there's, there's, and some of the random ones had pretty big roles like Tehran, um, even Colin Ray, he's not random at this point, but he's relatively, like, going into the year, we, we laugh about mm-hmm. the guys that we talked about in Strzelecki and Bush and of uh, Arland and Javi Guerra, but I mean, we kind of looked the same way with Colin Ray and it turns out the role he had versus the role that uh, Javi Guerra had.
1: Yeah, Mike Brasso is one that I kind of forgot about, but until I was looking at his stats in, in Japan and I, or I saw a video and he got the last out of the clinching game for the Oryx Buffaloes, home of uh, future brewer Yoshinobu Yamamoto, I hope, probably not. Um, but yeah, Brasso is one that's kind of random. Honestly, I forget about Jesse Winker at this point until Council said they might put him on the postseason roster. Jansen Junk, we just saw him back up, but previously he was kind of a random brewer uh, this year. I kind of forgot about Junk. Alex Claudio, he's one. I mean, he spent two years with the club a couple of years ago, but he's another random guy. So there are, yeah, there, there are definitely a few. I guess that's what happens when you use 59 players. Uh Caleb Bosley probably will hold that title eventually, but because he just pitched a couple days ago,
0: fresh in our memory. Yeah. Gotta shout out Caleb Bosley, the uh, UW Lacrosse grad. I ju- just missed uh, not quite just missed, but just uh miss playing with, with him at Lacrosse. I was glad to see uh glad to I see him you make an appearance.
1: Because he got drafted in seventeen, I believe.
0: Okay. Then yeah, I would have just missed him, yeah. First first yeah, that makes sense because I know uh David Gasper. Um I just missed playing i think with him and, and he overlapped with bosley and and knew him i knew had some i know some other people that were supporting bosley there at, at the game as well but that was that was cool to see and uh, cool that the brewers could sort of make a story out of a, a very meaningless game one of the most meaningless games of the seasons for the brewers so that was that was cool to give him the opportunity and cla- really classy of the brewers roster to sit in the dugout during the interview do the gatorade shower like that was really classy um because you know Everybody knows this might be his only major league appearance of his career. It certainly is for the year, but it could be for his whole career. So a guy who's 30 years old has been grinding, I'm sure, I can't even imagine, for a long, long time to hopefully get to that spot. I was That was a really classy move by the Brewers to, to be there for him. So let's get into it, David. Re- revisiting really our season preview episode, which feels like so long ago. Um, where do you want to start here? I feel like there's so much to, to go through. We have our, our bounce pack predictions we have our breakout predictions some of these I'm probably gonna cringe at um, but where, where where do we, we want to start David
1: let's start at the we'll start it we'll, we'll work our way up in terms of importance so we've got a few to go through we'll play them for you uh, so we'll start with the first one Peter's bounce back picks on the pitching side of things so it'll be about a minute long just over a minute long of Peter talking uh, I I'm not either I'm not tech savvy enough or I don't want to go through all the, the painstaking process of listening to it now and then editing it out and then finding it again, then recording that video and putting it in. So we're just going to play it now. We're going to put it through the microphone. Our microphones were significantly worse at that time. So the audio, audio quality might not be great, but that was probably on our end because our, our, our microphones weren't great. So we'll go ahead and play it. Peter's breakout picks for the pitching side.
0: Yeah, I think on the starting rotation – Uh, I would say my bounce back would be Freddie Peralta, which I think isn't necessarily a super uncommon one. It's hard to have Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff break out or bounce back the way they've been pitching um, because they've just been so good. Um, So they can't really break out too much further and they can't bounce back from the excellence that we've seen from either of those guys. Lauer's been really consistent. So Freddie's really the X factor when it comes to the rotation. I, I am still up on Wade Miley as well. And the Brewers, of course, have depth in, in Hauser and in Ashby and some others. But I really think Freddie Peralta is the X factor in determining, are the, do the Brewers have the best rotation in baseball, or do the Brewers have a top five rotation in baseball? I think Freddie makes or breaks that. Um, so that's who I've got on my rotation. And then in the bullpen, my, my, my I don't know if I, I'd probably call it more of a bounce back, really, um, at least in his time in Milwaukee. That would be Matt Bush. Of course, Brewers acquired him along with uh, Taylor Rogers at the deadline, Matt Bush fared a little bit better than Taylor Rogers, but wasn't exactly excellent either in his time with the Brewers. Really got plagued with the long ball. Um, but I'm excited to see him back. He's going to be a full season here in Milwaukee. Should have the eighth inning uh, for the most part, as, as long as he can perform well.
1: So why don't you tell us how those predictions went for us, Peter?
0: Well, let's let's start with the uh, the more important one. Freddie Peralta, how, what kind of a second half did he have, David?
1: He had a quite a good second half. Uh, so you nailed the, the Freddie Peralta pick.
0: I think we we can maybe start on that and end on that. Okay. okay. <laughs> we, we won't we won't uh, we won't spend too much time talking to the Matt Bush bounce back bounce back prediction uh, that did not fare too well. But uh, yeah, neither did Peter Strzelecki, Matt Bush seventh eighth inning combination getting to Williams is is comical at this point. But yeah, I, I, Freddie bounced back really well, of course, and uh, Matt Bush did not. So one for two, we'll take it. Um David, just for reference, your, your bounce backs uh predictions, Gus Varland, who did actually have a pretty good year, yeah. just not oh, in a Brewers uniform. Breakout, you're yeah, right, sorry. Varland. Yeah. 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 Break. I, yeah. I think Varland um did have a pretty good year with, with foul
1: tipped I didn't swing and miss, but but I I didn't exactly square it up.
0: True. And and then you had Freddie as well. So both both on, I guess, with with Freddie, and I still think the Brewers gave up on Varland far too quickly. And it seems like that played out. And, uh, yeah, they, they seem to have missed, missed one there. But let's get to the offensive breakouts here. Uh, my breakouts were Bryce Turing and uh, a, a bounce back from Luis Urias. Of course, that one not faring too well either. Uh, I still would make case the Brewers didn't quite give him ample opportunity. But uh, let's hear, David, your breakouts. I'm curious to hear what your breakouts were from our uh, season preview episode. I've
1: got Owen Miller is my breakout hitter and sal freilich is my breakout rookie i mean rookie you can't really go wrong with anyone freilich weimer Turang, garrett mitchell even robert gasser if you want to go go the pitching route so i went with freilich i love his contact oriented approach he's a pure contact hitter hit 365 last year in triple a he'll start back in triple a but we've, we've covered Frey Lake plenty on recent episodes. Owen Miller is the one that I want to highlight a little bit more here on today's episode. Last year, he got some playing time with Cleveland, and he got off to a really, really strong start. But he, he ended up a little bit slower, I guess, 243 batting average, which for a contact guy is not the greatest, especially somebody that was playing first base in DH towards the end of the year. So, what 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 is the jury on Owen Miller's season?
0: That's a that's a valid question. Uh, I'm curious what we got, we've got to bring in a, a Brewers jury. That'd be it'd be a good jury duty day. Yeah, get called upon to to review the Brewers season. I, I don't know. It's a, it's obviously a mixed mixed bag, and the expectations weren't super high for a guy like Miller. But if you would have asked, of course, anybody in May at the end of month of May, uh, uh, you were looking pretty good on that one. And I remember I was talking about that a little bit. In terms of your prediction, I know you're predicting at the start of the year that he would lead the team in batting average, but it he just really fell off. And I don't know. He's a guy that relies heavily on contact, batting balls in play, of course, the bappip, and in May his Bapip was off the charts. I don't think it, it wasn't just luck though. It's not like um, he went from hitting like 300 for the month of May. I don't even remember what exactly it was, but he didn't go from being the Brewers' best offensive hitter for an entire month to not being worthy of being on the active roster purely by Balls bouncing the other way so I don't know What changed but uh, I, I Would say mixed bag in terms Of the season that he had
1: I'd say for the top rookie being Freelick and the breakout hitter Being Miller uh, kind of like Varland with with uh, with Miller I maybe foul tipped it I was close But maybe fouled off not foul Tip he was that prediction was Better than Varland he was better than he was in Cleveland uh, but he still was definitely Not the breakout hitter that I was kind of predicting from Miller. Our next one is one of my bold predictions. Uh, you had a bold prediction. Actually, no, I take that back. We're, the next one is one of your bold predictions. And you kind of have two thrown in there. The first one is not bold at all, uh, but actually could come true. Uh, and then the next one, it kind of fits, not doesn't fit in, but it, you said it right after. So we included it in the same clip.
0: I know I've, I've got to start. We got to start maximum boldness. Uh, Craig council he's going to finish top 3 for manager of the year there's my bold prediction I'll, I'll drop the mic on that one he's he's finished what top 3 like five times in the last yeah, whatever years in the last 5 years <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, you can pretty much guarantee that Craig council will finish top 3 but but he won't win I should put a caveat he will finish second or third in manager of the year uh so that that jokingly should be my my first bold prediction but I won't I won't spend too much more time on it since I've already spent enough on, on Urias, but that's actually my, my, my first real bowl prediction is that Luis Urias will be the Brewers' best position player, however way you want to measure that. But I think on both sides of the ball, um, for the most part, Adames has been that player. And Not that I expect a big down year from Adames, but I think Urias is going to have a solid year, and I think I could see him being the Brewers' best position player ahead of guys like Adames, Yelich, Rowdy, if you want to throw a winker in there, or even newest Brewer, William Contreras. You know, I, 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 of course that didn't work out, but I, I do still stand behind the fact that the Brewers didn't give Urias a, a long enough chance this year. It was kind of a mess, and and then just to see him let go, I'm still a little bit salty about it. I, I didn't even actually think about this getting a uh, my Brewers attire ready for the podcast. I, I've got my Urias uh, jersey on, so I, I didn't really even realize I was going to be spending this much time talking about him. I didn't even realize I'd be talking about him at all today. So that was, I guess, fitting. But I. I yeah, I guess that didn't work out too well. But my, my Craig Council second or third for manager of the year is looking pretty good right now.
1: It is. And he this might be the year that he wins it because kind of a wide open field. You're not going to you're probably not going to go Snitger. I think he's already won one. And, and they're, yeah. they're too good yep. to win manager of the year. Uh, we can debate the criteria some, some other time. Dave Roberts, again, too talented to win. Uh, his team is too talented to win manager of the year. Uh, so then you got the the four seed with the Phillies, Rob Thompson, maybe. I don't think they're really a surprise pick, though, no. because the manager of the year, we all know it could be renamed to team that overperforms the most and is managed by. And then the name reads. And that, that's essentially what it is. Marlins, Skip Schumacher, a candidate, but they only yep. won 84 games or 80, 84, yeah. 85 Brewers, ninety two. The D-backs, yeah. Torrey Lavello.
0: You're right. Right. Well, and, and council council hasn't won one and the writers mm-hmm. know that he is well deserving of winning uh-huh. one with the Brewers. And there's the chance that council could be done. So I, I, think I actually he might get, the I think Lorenzo
1: Cain gold glove in 2019, where it was, it was the, uh, the like career excellence gold glove award, because yeah, maybe Harrison Bader was better that year. But Kane could not retire without winning a Gold Glove, so they decided that we need to give Kane a Gold Glove. I think it might be the same way with Council this year.
0: Yeah, and very, very deservedly. Uh, so I think I think regardless, he sh- he should win it because, like you said, no disrespect to to Schumacher or Lavello, but those were about, slightly above average teams. Council mm-hmm. managed a team to ninety plus wins, and and there's more talent on the pitching staff for the Brewers than either of those teams, you know, Miami or Arizona respectively, but council is still excellent manager and still got a ton out of his players. So I I think he'd be very deservedly of that. And um, so what was your bold prediction, David? Let's, let's have a listen to what your bold prediction was.
1: Brewer's best hitter. One of my bold predictions is William Contreras will be the best hitter. I think they'll, they'll use him quite a lot as a hitter, but I think it'll be about 130 games split between that catcher and DH. I think he'll play maybe two thirds of the games catching. Caratini will be be behind the plate for some of those. I wonder if the Brewers plan will be to have Contreras DH against left-handed pitchers, give Winker the day off. Caratini would then catch against lefties. Caratini hits righties a little better, but it's not quite as pronounced of a split as Winker has, say, for for righties versus lefties. And that'd be a good way to get a, a day for Contreras to be off his feet. I think Contreras is going to be the Brewers' best hitter. And, I mean, you might say, well, it's not bold because Contreras was – he would have been the Brewers' best hitter if he put up his numbers last year with the Brewers. But at the same time, I mean, he's young. Last year was his first year where he really broke out. I think he's going to continue that. I think he's going to be close to that hitter. I don't know if he will be quite that hitter again. But I think William Contreras will be the Brewers' best hitter. sounds not like I'm falling asleep in that. Play <laughs> one of those 11 at like o'clock 10, yeah, yeah 10 45
0: PM. <laughs> i don't know i i think i i i questioned you on whether on how bold it was i think on the episode last time I, i'm not sure that it was like a bold prediction it's I, I feel like that was a slightly more bold prediction than craig council finishing top three in manager of the year which of course i was joking about but i didn't feel like that was super bold given that like you said he would have been in 22 but nonetheless uh he he was probably the best Brewers' best hitter, Yelich or Contreras. I mean, Yelich sort of fell off here where the back went, but was it, would you consider Contreras the, the Brewers' best hitter this year? Definitely. He
1: led the Brewers in batting average with 291. He had a 369 OBP. Yelich was 370. Uh, Contreras had a 459 slugging percentage, which was best among guys that played a good amount of the time. So uh, he led he was essentially at the top of all three of those major categories. 17 home runs, 38 doubles, which is a big thing. 17 38. Who what rapper is that?
0: Fetty Wap, was it? Was it? I think it was Fetty Wap. Um yep. Yep, it was him. Lucas, you you you'd be proud. He would be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh so 17 homers and 38 Doubles for William Contreras, seventy-eight ribbies. I think it's it's safe to say he was the best hitter.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. No, I I think he he certainly was. Uh, my my next prediction was that I uh, was regarding the Brewers' offense. It was that the Brewers would would finish top ten in offense in baseball. A little off on that one. Of course, the offense had its struggles. Didn't expect the seasons that we got from Rowdy Winker, um, Adames. Several players, of course, Weemer even, um, the, especially in the second half of the, of the season. But Brewers offense didn't, didn't quite produce um, like a top 10 offense by any means. So a little bit of a, a missed the mark on that one. But what was your prediction, David, for the Brewers? I know you, it was specific to the pitching staff for you. Yeah, mine was top five
1: in bullpen ERA. I won't play this one because I spent quite a lot of time talking about it. It's kind of funny because looking back, I really liked a lot of the arms the Brewers had. I said beyond Devin Williams, I, I like Strzelecki, I like Gus Varland, Javier. I think will be good. Uh, who else was there? Jake Cousins was there at that time. So I, I don't think I mentioned Piems. I don't think I mentioned Bryce Wilson. I did mention Hobie.
0: Piguero. I don't think you had. Him I, no, either. I
1: didn't really like Piguero. So I, I was kind of not. I was not in on Pugero. I, Piems. I was kind of mediocre. I thought he should make the team because he was good or pretty good last year, but. I didn't I wasn't sold on him and I really liked Farland, uh partly because of the personal connection, but uh Guerra I liked too because of that new slider he added and that didn't pan out. So I don't know. I it's kind of funny because the the guys that ended up being the ones that led them to their third place finish across the league in ERA as a bullpen were not the guys we were expecting except for Devin Williams and maybe a little bit Hobie Milner.
0: Yeah, really this that's been the theme of the whole twenty eighteen and on era. I mean, it, it certainly helps. You've got, you had Hater there for so many years and, and then Williams. So the Brewers have had an elite closer for, you know, like six years, but you never know which guy you're going to get. Like Hunter Strickland, the sub two ERA in 2021. Like Claudio had that 90 appearance season in there or something like that. Like yeah. you never knew, you never know exactly know who it's going to come from, but it's just, it's come from somebody every year for the Brewers. Jeffress, I mean, even Knable in 2018, was that the year that he went down to the miners midseason after really struggling and then figured it out and came back up and, and like, it's just, you never know who you, who, who you're going to get it from, but the Brewers just have got it. And I don't know if that's luck or, or coaching or Jim Henderson's magic touch, or I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, they got to keep doing it. And yeah, I guess you were similar to the uh, we talked about like being accurate on how good the Brewers were, but not not so accurate on how they got there. You were spot on in the bullpen area but you were very far off in terms of how they got there.
1: That's true. Yeah, they've gotten yeah good innings from I mean two two and a half ERA about from Piamps and from Bryce Wilson. I mean, think about that. Bryce Wilson had a career ERA in the mid fives going into this year. As a starter, he comes in and he he does the dirty work basically. He pitches when no one else wants to. The runner on second, he comes in and and does that. He he uh comes in in the we're down four by four runs in the fifth inning and the starter couldn't last more than four. Bryce Wilson comes out, and he ends up with 76 innings and a 2.58 ERA. To me, he's, yeah, I mean, excellent results. I might have to change my unsung hero award later on. I kind of, I don't know if I forgot about Bryce Wilson, but I guess he was unsung even in my own mind. Uh, but he was very good. Uribe came up and was excellent. Even getting some innings out of Thiago Vieira, J.B. Uh Piguero was good. McGill was a lot better than you would have expected. So they're just yeah a variety a, a wide cast of characters for the bullpen and that's what makes bullpen so fun yeah I'll, hopefully no. i'm I'll, gonna I'll write a book someday on on the bullpen
0: there we go yeah like you said wide you my idea wide 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 cast of characters that the brewers have seen just just like they have every other year yeah the last couple of years so mm-hmm. let's get to our win totals here i think this is the most important one our win total brewers finishing with 92 wins um david who what did you have in terms of uh your prediction for the Brewers going into the year?
1: I had 89. So the Brewers out-predicted me. Uh, not out-predicted. They outdid my prediction. There we go. Uh, he, yeah, I, I thought they were a decent team, but I had questions about the bullpen. Uh, I thought, actually, I guess I didn't have questions about the bullpen. I had questions about who was going to step up in the bullpen. I just didn't have questions about how it was going to turn out. So I guess more of the offense. I was a little bit wary of relying on Freelich and Turang and Weimer and uh, the, the infielders. We had a bunch of okay infielders and really almost all of them ended up turning out poorly. The ones that were kind of the, I don't even know if Luis Urias was in the middle. He was firmly entrenched in that third base spot yeah. going into the year, but Brian Anderson, of course ended up being kind of a dud of a signing. Mike Brasso spent the second half of the year in Japan. Owen Miller spent the, the second half of the year in Nashville. So there were a lot of guys that really didn't turn out on the offense, but they still turned out. And I think that's what I was skeptical of. But the Brewers ended up against all odds, winning 92. I think what I have to do is take what I think the Brewers are actually going to do based on their roster and just add five before the year, because that seems like what they always do. That's what fangraphs should do, right?
0: Every year. I mean, that's...
1: Yeah, and take the Yankees and Bo 12.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, honestly, I, th- there there is a lot of truth to that. Um, the Brewers just find a way in this Craig council era. I had 91 wins. So I was one off. Um, I guess had uh, had the Brewers thrown Clayton Andrews out today in uh, Game 162. I would have probably been in favor of, uh, of reaching my my prediction, but uh, the Brewers opt- or Eric Lauer on on zero days rest. That would would have been another way.
1: Do you think I, that the Eric Lauer era is over?
0: I didn't see any of his outing. Obviously, the results weren't great. From what I've heard, there hasn't been reason to believe that he's figured anything out. But I mean, 2021, he was so solid. And, and he uh, was
1: solid last year too.
0: Yeah. So, so
1: that's what's weird.
0: Well, but, I mean, the cost is still going to be decent because of those two decent years, right? In arbitration. Yeah,
1: because he can't. He, he's not going to go down in arbitration. He won't right. probably go up. But, no. Well, actually, the the only way he could go, he could go down, if because the brewers could say hey we're not going to we're not going to tender you a contract if it's for the same price as last year so we'll just non-tender you and you know you're not going to get that much on the open market probably i mean yeah. he seems like a dodgers one year 2.5 million dollar signing goes out and throws like uh 150 innings with a low 3 zra kind of guy true but, yeah 5.075 mil because that's not that's not worth it, um, even if you say he's going to be half of halfway between last year and this year, it's still probably not worth it.
0: Yeah, probably not. I, right, probably, but yet in twenty twenty one he'd be worth you know twenty yeah, million, 10. right?
1: Yeah, uh, for the Brewers maybe twelve, twelve for nine. the Brewers. Yeah, 13, yeah, but 10.
0: but I mean on the open market, mm, maybe not like twenty,
1: him. but yeah, maybe twelve to that's fifteen. True.
0: That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I, the, the Brewers being the Brewers, I, I'm kind of doubtful that they would bring them back for, mm-hmm. for five mil. Yeah, and Rowdy, I,
1: I think, is gone. But anyways, we yeah. can talk about
0: offseason preview stuff after the Brewers win the World Series. Fair enough. Fair enough. That, that sounds good to me. I was trying to scroll back the, uh, the many, many tweets of the entire season. I have made it to the oh, beginning gosh. of the season.
1: Well, do you know what the topic's about? You can search at the barrel MKE and then something in the
0: tweet. Well what I was looking for was I remember a Brian Anderson tweet that you put out like his first week and and probably odds are you you yeah, probably just yeah of course um yeah. he was fifth. worth yeah okay there I scroll past I scrolled past it it's hard to find something I guess while you're while you're uh, on a podcast at the same time but yeah, yeah Brian Anderson he,
1: tends to blend in with his surroundings
0: fair but it fits his name i guess but yeah anyways uh as david learns as david teaches me how to use social media uh here on the podcast your april 5th tweet of brian anderson you tweeted like 42 times on april 3rd by the way uh talked about how good anderson was in terms of starting off the season for the brewers and he led the nl in average slugging tied for first in f4 and rbis and he's earning he was earning three and a half million for the year but he was worth 0.6 f4 Providing 5.1 million dollars of value. Apparently, the brewer should have just like traded him, sell high, trade him on April 5th um, mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, but what that, that was just bizarre. He was so good for like two weeks, and then uh-huh. that, I, really, really bad. And yeah, yeah, Anyways. he was he
1: was minus minus point three WAR after the, the the tweet. So really, it was the curse of my tweet. I guess yeah. kind of like we were talking about how your technology is always cursed when when we're going to go on for a podcast, we can do literally the yes. same thing and you're just cursed, I guess, but yep. I know. It, Brian Anderson my, it, apparently was cursed after my tweet.
0: Yeah. Well, and speaking of win, the wind prediction and, and well, we were talking about 89, 91 in terms of what we predicted, but we did have one of our regular listeners who actually nailed it right on the head. 92, our uh, listener from Menominee falls, shout out to Armand who happens to also be our father and uh, nailed it. Spot on 92 wins. He had from the beginning I can confirm that he, he went up me on that and uh, nailed it at 92. So yep, slow clap for our, our regular listener there and he nailed the 92 win total. So I think I think that's the transition David into handing out some hardware here. We've got the MVP, Cy Young rookie of the year and probably the two most interesting, the biggest surprise and the unsung hero. So let's let's go to the two easy ones here first, unanimous decisions among the committee that uh, we make the up of MVP the jury, there we go. The the, the Brewers jersey jury, uh, MVP How are going to. we break
1: tie, though? We, <laughs> well, that's when we a both split take. decision. The Vice we, we, that's president. That's what we.
0: Yeah, there we go.
1: Seniority. Hmm. Oh. Seniority. Yes. But all right. So who votes for seniority? We're going to be split on the vote for who. If it's seniority <laughs> determines it.
0: William Contreras, our 2023 Brewers MVP. I don't know that there's much debate here. You you said he was the best hitter we didn't even talk about the defense. I mean, we went into Mm -hmm. the year saying, Hey, we don't know what we're going to get from the defense and we all know how that turned out. Excellent defense from him this year. That was all over national media, the first month or two of the season, the turnaround quick, quick turnaround. That was what was impressive. Like, yeah, if he had, you know, okay. Yeah. If he had an okay defensive year this year and then he was like pretty good next year. And the year after he was really good, like, okay. You know, he worked on it, but like, that just tells you the Brewers have something going on and uh, they were able to you know, turnaround on uh, an, an amazing trade Estudio Ruiz, who did set the record or tie the record, set the record for most steals in a season by a rookie. But uh, besides that, not a super productive season for him and the Brewers. In exchange, getting their best hitter and and probably their best position player, no question about it, William Contreras. So, our unanimous MVP and you all and you You're right, right, that's true. Contreras, our our MVP. David, I'll let you share any additional thoughts you have on Contreras and then feel free to share our unanimous decision on the Cy Young.
1: Yeah, my thoughts on William Contreras are that he was good. He played a lot too, 141 games. You're uh, right. He he caught a lot and there were some questions. They had the the Corbin Burns, Victor Caratini uh battery uh what do you call that? Um personal catcher. But uh, but but uh, by the end, Contreras was back to catching Burns at least some of the time. So worked through some of those things, presumably. And yeah, I mean, Contreras exceeded expectations, especially on the defensive end. And by war baseball reference, he's point one behind Corbin Burns, but outpaced Yelich. Adame, surprisingly, was right after that in war. Uh, really, I mean, I think, yeah, Contreras is the best player on the Brewers this year. Most valuable, best player. Same thing, especially when you're on the same team. Cy Young, Corbin Burns. We also agreed unanimously on that one. Got off to a little bit of a shaky start, but ended up writing the ship. Finished with a 3.39 ERA in 193 innings. Got to 200 Ks in his last start. So that was good. Definitely a down year compared to his last two, but still really good. I mean, I think there were only maybe between five and seven pitchers. That had an ERA that good with at least 190 innings. And Burns was one of them. So, uh, yeah, he only finished 10 and 8. But why, why do the Brewer starters always have bad records? <laughs> I guess you look at their bullpen Williams, yeah. 8 and 3, Wilson, 6 and 0, Pyamp, 7 and 5. Uh, Woodruff yeah. could finish 5 and 1. Uh, also, yeah. Woodruff was really good. If he pitched a full season, he, he might have taken the Cy Young from Burns uh, from the, the official Cy Young award given by the Barrel Banter. Uh, do you have anything to add on Burns? He was he was good and and he took the ball every fifth day, which is yeah. really important, especially for a pitching staff that uh, unfortunately had injuries. I guess all pitching staffs do, but but Burns was really good and and very yeah. Like, reliable.
0: Yeah, except the twenty one Brewers. Apparently, that was we didn't had like just about no injuries, Freddie. Yeah. Uh, but Burns yeah, got COVID
1: I, for like nine days. Uh,
0: that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I, I think Burns showed. I mean, you talk about that. It's probably an overused. Uh, I guess cliche, but you know the ace goes out and doesn't have his best stuff, and he still goes six innings, two runs, and passes it off to the bullpen. Like in in some ways, that was I, I don't want to demean the the season he had because it wasn't a at all a bad season, but it wasn't it wasn't a elite. It was really really good season, um, tier two in terms of all starting pitchers, and I say that as a compliment. But again, he had a lot of those starts where it was like, okay, he this isn't quite the Cy Young award winning corbin burns but he's still good and he was able to really have a ton of really good starts and log a lot of innings so that's yeah that that shouldn't be overstated so mm-hmm. he was excellent and uh yeah we'll see uh here we go quick hot take david hot taker or, or quick question yes or no corbin burns will start the opening day game for the brewers next year no i think he's traded this off okay. season and i All do right. have a
1: theory on on why um on why corbin burns was worse this year so I have a question for you. Uh, so you you have a you have a kid,
0: right? I I do. Yes, you are correct. I'm glad you remembered your your uh, nephew there. And you get more sleep now, or did you get more
1: sleep before he was born?
0: At the moment, actually, believe it or not, about about even. Really, at the moment, but so but a not child. not. Yeah, not uh, not not when he was born, but yeah, actually, he's he's sleeping at the moment as we record this. So. Uh, shout out to Loken. He gets a special shout out for the excellent sleeping Mm. ability that he has here on the podcast. But uh, no, I would say I definitely lost some sleep when he was born for quite some time.
1: Mm. Because Corbin Burns had a a kid, I think around the same time that you did. And maybe Corbin Burns lost sleep in the earlier part Uh, of the year.
0: I mean, seriously, though, I, I remember him talking about, they had him on the Brewers Unfiltered podcast and talking about being a dad. And he mentioned something about like, you know, the difficulty at night with, with babies. I was like, that, that's kind of hard for the, you know, having more, being able to relate to that more now as a dad going through that, like he, he has to be at his physical peakness. So like, yeah, that would be, that would be quite difficult in terms of navigating that and wanting to make sure that you're there as a father, but also realize that, that, that impacts your livelihood and and your team's livelihood. So it's a, it's an interesting theory. Mm -hmm. Um, So there Congrats we go.
1: Trevor McGill, by the way. Yes.
0: Right on cue. Right on cue. There we go. Trevor McGill. Yes. And uh, let's, speaking of young young ones, Rookie of the Year. Uh, your pick for the Rookie of the Year. You were, you were high on this guy going into the season, and, and he ended up being your Rookie of the Year pick. Who was that, David?
1: That was Mr. Salvatore Freelick. He was good. Uh, he hit, where, where, lost the stats because he wasn't a qualifier. Stupid. MLB.com stats. Uh,
0: why don't you talk about your rookie of the year while I pull up Freelick stats? South <laughs> Freelick, Well, South Freely was was really good, and the biggest thing that stuck stuck out for me was his how professional his at bats were. Mm-hmm. You talk about like just the eye test. You know, Bryce Turang's at bats, Joey Weimer's at bats, like the, the pitches that those guys swung at, and Freelick came up from day one. Of course, the iconic. Debut that he had. I know you got to see that mm-hmm. that live, but he was a, he was a pro. Like he came up as a pro, so I'm I'm excited to see him. I think uh, the sky's the limit, and I think um, and I say this in, in, in the best possible light. I think the sky's the limit, and the ceiling is being a yeah, a, a decent everyday uh, player, which I, I don't know if I can say the same for Turang and Weimer. So, yeah, you very well deserving of the rookie of the year. I probably would go with him too. Um, but I, another guy I'd want to highlight would be Elvis Piguero. Uh, we talked about the unsung unsungness of the entire bullpen, and you never know who is going to pitch. Well, Piguero was that guy, one of those guys with Pi amps and some others, but excellent, excellent guy that, that Brewers could really rely on in the seventh, and should be a, a pretty pivotal piece, a part of that bullpen with Piamps, Wilson, and Uribe. Those four probably being the highest, and Milner, those those five guys being the the core of the bullpen. So, really outstanding season from from Elvis Piguero, and a great rookie year from him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was excellent. When you talk about the rookies, talk about Freelich, Weimer, Mitchell, maybe Churio even as a, a minor leaguer. Uh, but you never talked about Piguero as a rookie. Monasterio, not really either uh, as a rookie, but they were both rookies too. First chase of the big leagues, first time up. And they're both pretty young too. Not quite as young as the others, but pretty young. And yeah, Piguero, three three eight 3 Uh ERA. Hopefully he's back for the playoffs. I don't even know exactly what the status of Piguero is right now. Freelick, uh, just want to go back to Freelick. Uh, one impressive stat 28 walks to 37 Ks, which is very good. The average hitter is about, I think, 8.5% walks to about 21% strikeouts. So it's about 2.3 strikeouts for every walk. Freelick was at about 1.3 strikeouts for every walk. So to come up and do that in your first taste of the big leagues is very impressive. Even though he only hit 246, uh, I still. I have no doubt that he's going to be a, a 300 hitter. Maybe not no doubt he's going to be a 300 hitter, but certainly hit for a higher average uh, than 246. And he does everything. I mean, he he seemed like the guy that was always in the right place at the right time. Uh, he was taking the extra base when he could. He was making the right throw, hitting the cutoff man, uh, not trying to do too much. He was, as as scouts would say, Sal Freelich is a baseball player.
0: Yeah. That's a fair fair way to sum it up, and, and he was solid. I'm excited to see him and see his development going, to, going into next year. Let's talk about the biggest surprise for the Brewers. What was your pick for the biggest surprise?
1: My pick is actually the former MVP, Christian Yelich, not Josh Donaldson. It's Christian Yelich. Although Josh Donaldson being on the Brewers at the end of the year, that certainly would have been a big surprise. Uh, but Yelich wasn't really someone that I thought was going to be good again and he did taper off towards the end especially in august but all things considered he had an excellent year uh, his he hit 277 uh, his he it had been 4 years since he had hit over 252 uh 369 on base percentage which was a little bit more in line with his previous years but his his 447 slugging is what stood out to me the most uh, he couldn't even get over 383 the past 2 years Uh, So the extra base hits were there, especially the doubles, 34 doubles this year. Uh, And he did have 19 home runs. So he was he was a more complete hitter, whereas previous two years, he was more of an on base guy, a lot of walks and some singles here and there. I I do think the shift helped him, but I I thought that Yelich was was someone he he was someone I I don't know if I'd written it, written him off, but I I didn't think he was going to be as good of a hitter as he was this year. And he did that. He he kind of did a little bit of everything. His defense improved as well. 27 steals. Last year, he stole 19 uh, and only three caught stealing. So even with the bigger bases, still uh, still a very nice ratio. Uh, 27 of 30. I was very pleased with Yelich, and I, I thought that he was in some ways the biggest surprise as a bounce back.
0: Complete. I think that's the way to describe his season. Um, it really was complete from as a hitter, but also base runner, defense, base running and defense surprised me. Mm-hmm. We talked about, we arm. joked about not the arm. True. Okay. There's no, he's next year, but yeah. we talked about it on the preview episode, like joking, like, Oh man, which Christian Yelch are we uh-huh. going to get? Like, we weren't even going to, we weren't even going to have that conversation because we were sick yeah. of it. And I I really think it had to do with the back because yeah, at the end of the season, Yep. Well, what happened again, he fell off again and it was the back. So, mm-hmm. I mean, was his back hurt this badly for multiple years? Maybe. And, if it, and maybe if it wasn't, maybe it was, you know, on and off for three seasons where, you know, he has a good couple weeks and then mm-hmm. tweaks it. And I really think that I really do. I mean, just these, this last, these last two months to me, sort of have confirmed that, that um, question. I, I'm not sure what else it would, that drastic of up and down in terms of a couple of different sort of I guess, eras, if you want to call it, of his career. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only plausible way we can explain it, at least at this point. My, my biggest surprise was kind of the defense as a whole. You know, we talked about already William Contreras, who was, I think, the biggest surprise across the defense. Just outstanding how quickly he was able to make that that change and that improvement. But Joey Weimer, excellent in center. Bryce Turang, great second base. Adames, we don't talk about Adames' defense, but really, really solid, really dependable at short. Definitely what you need at that shortstop position. And all around the field, Jelic, like we said, Freelich, when he was there, that catch in the Yankees game, um, slamming into the wall. I mean, and defense he, was, was and really Joey good. Weaver. And, yeah, the wall. Yeah, the wall that is Joey Plural, Weaver. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, I, the defense was really good. So that, that was the biggest surprise for me um, for, for the team. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I think there's a lot to like in terms of the Brewers defense. It's a big piece of the team. Like, you see two ranks, deal a base hit. Um, to lead off the inning and instead of a, you know, lead off runner on, you get one out, nobody, excuse me, one out, yeah, nobody on. So those are the little things that will play out in the playoffs. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see the defense, how that can make an impact going forward as well.
1: Yeah. I feel like in some ways, the regular season is about scoring runs and the postseason is about preventing runs. Obviously you have to prevent runs in the regular season. You have to score runs in the postseason, but that's kind of what it feels like the way that teams strategize. Even if you think back to the NL days of no designated hitter, 2018, 2019, okay, Corey Knable's going to bat. We're just going to sacrifice an out because we need, we need him back out to prevent more runs. In the regular season, it was more about putting that pinch hitter into score, uh, try to maximize your chances by putting Jonathan Scope in there in a big spot. Uh, so I feel like that could play to the Brewers' advantage. Uh, and yeah, I mean, defense... Always plays to your advantage. Good defense always plays to your advantage, yeah. uh, especially if they're pitted against Philadelphia in a series. Uh, we've got our unsung heroes, our last award. Uh, so we will, uh, we will not be singing about them. Um, what does it mean to be sung? Like Corbin Burns fi-
0: last year was sung. You sing his praises often. Uh, there we go. Yeah, you're right. I, I think. I think. I think. Probably. So. Probably. Seems. Seems reasonable. But. Yeah. Yeah, there were there were a fair amount of options. You said Bryce Wilson. I mean, Piguero could be in there. I think you could even put Piamps in there because, like you you think of like, oh yeah, he's been a good setup man. Like he's been one of the best setup man setup men um, in all of baseball this year. And, and yeah. the expectations he had, he was unsung. Um, mm-hmm. Contreras to some degree was unsung. I mean, he, he was really really good. Yelich um, was in some ways also unsung. Like th- there were just a lot of guys. Two rings defense. Wieners Tyrone defense. Taylor in the second half. Tyrone Taylor. So like, yeah, yeah,
1: his his total stats weren't great, but that's true. (laughs) In the second half, he was very good, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is what matters in terms of, you know, likely how that can play into the playoffs. So, yeah. Anyways, we had so many options. I, of course, left off the two that we selected. So uh, who was your unsung hero, which I I thought was a great selection.
1: Other than Bryce Wilson, who I said maybe I would change it to, but I already talked about Bryce Wilson. Uh, It would be Wade Miley. I think, yeah, he really, I mean, people really didn't talk about Wade Miley this year, but he came in through 120 innings with a 3-1-4 ERA. When, uh, When Hauser went down early on, Miley was in there to take starts. When Woodruff went down for four months or however long he was out, Miley was in there. When Lauer was not pitching well, Miley was in there. Miley did get hurt a little bit, but. At the beginning of the year, you thought, okay, good thing we got Wade Miley in case something happens. And then, like four things happened, and Wade Miley was there through it all, or through most of it when he was healthy. Uh, but he still made twenty-three starts, so he made twenty-three of about thirty-two turns in the rotation. And you weren't expecting a year of Wade Miley where he'd, he'd make thirty starts. It's, it's not going to happen at this point of his career. So, I mean, for him at age thirty-six, brought in on a, a pretty, uh, pretty small contract to go out and throw. 120 frames uh of good baseball. Uh to me Wade Miley was was the guy that like just a steady presence and, and apparently great clubhouse influence also. So that that counts for something. Baseball Reference doesn't has, have a tab with clubhouse reputation next to the strikeout to walk ratio but but if there was Wade Miley would be would be uh whatever 10 out of 10.
0: 148
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. clubhouse <laughs> vibes plus. plus.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah. No. He he was outstanding. It reminded me of like Eric Lauer's 21 campaign where he was camp. Lauer was really unsung. Also, also happens to be a lefty. But there were, you know, there there's Burns, there's Woodruff, and there's Peralta who get all the hype in the rotation deservedly. But if you think about a bad rotation, Miley could be the guy. Um, in a bad rotation. That's like, called the 2018 was, Brewers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That That, that is that's actually quite accurate. You're like, we, we we did literally see this just six years ago where he was the guy. That, that is true. Um, good point. Um, so yeah, Wade Miley, very much uh, one of the most unsung hero of, of them all. And my pick was not the best of the unsung heroes, but the, the unsung-nest most of them. Uh, the most unsung. Yeah, the uh, most rest. Andrew. Yeah. Andrew Monasterio. Um, again, numbers weren't anything that, that jump off the page for the, the season. 259 average, three home runs, 27 RBIs, 678 OPS. And what was it, like 12 warning track flyouts? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, seemed like he just would always get a hold of a ball and, and put it all the way to the warning track for a sacrifice fly uh, or a deep fly out. Um, yeah, but but he was, we talked about how the, the, the infield couldn't have gone worse. Uh, take out Adames, who had a subpar season. But Urias, Anderson, Brasso, I guess 2 could have theoretically had a worse season, but offensively was quite, quite bad. So like we, we've mentioned before, Monastero didn't even get drafted in our nobody draft before the season and uh, comes on and, and plays a whole bunch of games. I know he hasn't played great as of late. I don't know exactly what kind of role they'll they'll give him, in the playoffs because of that. But Josh Donaldson also hasn't been hitting great either. So I'm not sure what the exactly they'll do, but I think he deserves a shout out. Andrew Monasterio, my choice for the unsung hero. It's
1: a good choice. Uh, and and because you mentioned it, I thought I'd look at the, the nobody draft. We actually did pretty well overall this year. I'm sure I won because I had Colin Ray. Usually one player will win, uh, win you, but win for you. But I, I had Colin Ray uh Lucas Ursag, does he count? He got a bunch of innings with the A's, or does it have to be with the Brewers? I That's guess it doesn't matter, but yeah. Um but he I think he led the A's in relief innings, actually. I think. Huh. At least when I checked. Um so I had we had six picks. Eddie Alvarez didn't make it to the majors, but Alex Claudio did. Thomas Pannone did, and Luke Voigt did. So I was five for six. Yeah. Uh, wow. and you were you were all right. I mean, I don't know actually, did Tyler Naquin? I don't know if he made it to the majors with no. the White Sox. Oh, um, with White Sox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but J. C. Mejia, you did get some. Uh, I don't know if there's a penalty for for a PED suspension. Definitely not. Uh, and then Thiago Vieira, you got. So he was kind of a, a late round flyer for you. Actually, Colin Ray was my last pick. So <laughs> got saved with it with with uh, Mister Irrelevant, Colin Ray. Yeah, uh, he was yeah. very relevant this year for the Brewers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I should have signed to a non draft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mid season, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, how about the whole season? If we if we we gotta, you know, we always remember the uh, the Tom court C plus grades for Ryan Braun's All Star seasons. So we've got to give our own grades. We, we'll do a full grading of the whole season once the season's said and done. Like David said, full grading are. full grading. What is Abraham Toro's uh, grade? Abraham, <laughs> that would be the what did he always use as the his, incomplete. His, Incomplete. There we go. Incomplete. Uh, he hit four forty four. Incom. I know, but in like a, a one and a half at bats or something. Yeah, uh, 18, 18 at bats. Okay.
1: Yeah. F- final grade for the Brewers. I am going A. I, it, I, I am very hesitant to give out A's normally. I, I, I really like that B range. To me, to me, <laughs> C is like uh, you were you were you were serviceable with a C. B, you you squarely met expectations. Uh, and and you were you were solid a you exceeded expectations and really did. You really couldn't have expected more. And the way I look at it, they they exceeded expectations because I thought they'd win 88 and they won 92 and the division with it. But also the amount of injuries they had, I wasn't really factoring Brandon Woodruff missing about 20 starts. I wasn't expecting Hauser to miss time in the beginning or as much time as he did. I mean, underperformance, I don't know that one kind of falls in with the with the grade but I don't think injury should so to me Woodruff and and Hauser they missed time uh, and on the offensive side of things uh, Jesse Winker they he, he got put on the IL with a bad performance a couple times uh, but yeah they, they had injuries and they still won 92 so to me I mean could you really have expected this team to win 95 going into the year no, I don't. I think that would have been unreasonable, and even ninety-two would have been very good to me. If you meet expectations at ninety-two wins, that's probably at least a B plus. So I'm going with A. Uh, yeah, I'm going with A. I think the Brewers did an excellent job this year. Yeah, how done?
0: Yeah, it's not job's not finished. Job's not finished. Four more celebrations to go. But the Brewers are the third best team in the National League, three seed, and, and the third best team in terms of record. I think there's only yeah, there's only two other teams in the AL that had a better record. So the Brewers were fifth in all of baseball and record. And like you said, how many wins do the Brewers have if Brandon Woodruff is healthy for mm-hmm. the whole year? Probably at least 95. Um, yeah. So, I mean, anyways, I, I think season was was very successful. The offense was a bit of a, a downer for for good stretches of, of the season. I gave him an A- really only for that reason. Defense was excellent. Base running really, really good. Pitching outstanding, hitting I thought was definitely subpar. That's the only reason I gave him an A minus. They they have time still to uh, to I guess save the overall grade when they when the season ends. But in terms of regular season, I gave them an A minus. But yeah, given the circumstances, the outcome, um, which I guess is really what matters, the outcome couldn't have been a whole lot better. How they got there probably could have been a little bit prettier, uh, but. I guess it doesn't really matter. They, they won yeah. 92 games. They won another division championship. They're the fifth best team in baseball. Like great. Another great season uh, for council. I, I sure hope council is back um, next year and we'll, we'll see mm-hmm. as we get to the off season. we'll have that covered. But I, I certainly, yeah, yeah I, I think that's a good way to close is that 92 wins, fifth best team in baseball, three seed in the playoffs and hosting the wild card series. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It kind of a case of a, don't tell me about the labor pains, just show me the baby. It was it was ugly and it was it was difficult, but they made it through and now they yeah, they're sitting as the three seed. Uh they've got Arizona coming into town for a, a rematch of twenty eleven, a rematch which features zero of the same players. Uh, but Craig Council is managing now instead of being on the bench. I don't know if he was on the playoff roster or not. Uh but
0: uh but, I didn't even I forgot he was on that. Yeah, I forgot he was yeah. even on that on a team Mark but Kotze right. yes
1: what if what Shout if at out. the trade deadline uh, teams traded their managers like uh, we're not going to be contending we'll give you uh, we'll give you a minor league coach who's got some promise for Mark Kotze to be your bench coach uh, kind of like the you, you acquire the A's starting third baseman and he becomes your your bench guy yeah Brewer should have traded for Mark Kotze as the bench coach Definitely. and not started him in center field <laughs>
0: Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. That's what you were shouting out there. I don't, I don't know who caught, I don't know how many people caught that reference. You might have to explain that uh, one. I, 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 I did not catch it. He,
1: he started in an NLCS game.
0: Uh, yeah. And did over,
1: yes. uh, would have been Niger Morgan probably. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. yeah the Brewers had a great year. Uh, regular season.
0: Yeah. Yes. And we'll be back for another episode previewing the, the D back series or excited for that. David, will you be making out for at least one game in the D-Back series?
1: Yes, at least one game. Right now I have tickets for Wednesday night, uh 6:08 p.m. for sure on Monday, or excuse me, Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, uh, it will probably be 6:08 p.m. if they play. Uh, of course the Brewers are going to win the first two, but if for some reason they don't, then game 3 will be at 6:08 p.m. unless the two AL series are over and the Phillies Marlins is still going on, then it's going to be at three Oh eight, which is dumb because people have lives, but Rob Manfred <laughs> doesn't apparently because no. Rob Manfred uh, could, could still watch the game at least then if he has ESPN two on his cable package, because the brewers <laughs> are on ESPN two and they won't be streaming on ESPN plus. So make sure you have at least a free trial of YouTube TV.
0: Yes. No, no paid, no paid uh, solicitation there on, on our end, but get that in order for the playoffs i will be out there for sure for at least a game or dial up radio that works too it's actually funny i need to buy a radio because i cut my grass and i want to listen to the brewer game Mm. and when i get too far out of my property i lose wi-fi and my service over here is terrible so i can't even listen to the brewer game when i'm cutting Uh, the grass so i I was like man i need to buy a radio i I, if they still sell those things yeah
1: if if this might show us how actually that this doesn't show us how old we are because we're not old but I vividly remember listening to game one of the NLDS on a transistor radio. Uh Giovanni Gallardo was pitching and we had to dog sit our neighbor's dog, Prince. So it was we had to take him out like right at the start of the game. So we we got our mom's transistor radio and walked outside and and uh took Prince for a walk or whatever we did and then came in and
0: watched the rest of the game. Shout out to Prince, he was that was a good dog. He was. He is no longer with us, but he always did. He did always. Yeah. He always loved those bacon treats. Those good. Mm-hmm. Best, best. Uh, that's what you want for my dog. You're in a dog set. Absolutely. All right. On, on, on Prince, Prince. There we go. Prince 2011 team. And his dog, the dog was Prince right on cue. So like I said, we'll be back for another episode previewing the D back series, which should be a good one. Brewers, of course, favorite of that one. All three games at American family field should be a blast. It's going to be a, a fun time at American Family Field and and hopefully uh, the first, not the first, second of the next uh, four celebrations that the Brewers are hoping to have. So we'll have you covered here at the Barrel. Uh, Stay tuned here as we get going on the playoffs. This is Peter and David Go signing off. As always, Go Brewers!